Welcome to the Sunday message from Hollyview Church in Boring, Oregon. We gather every Sunday morning as a worshiping community of Jesus followers on mission to see God glorified in our lives, our cities, and around the world. At Hollyview, the Bible serves as our foundation and guide for both life and ministry. It tells the story of God and the story of us. We believe the better we know the themes and flow of the biblical story, the better we will be able to find our little place in God's grand storyline. Thank you for joining us. And now, here's this week's message from Hollyview Church. Pastor Joel continues his two-week study in the book of Ecclesiastes and concludes it with this message, Seeking Joy with Open Hands. We are concluding a series in the book of Ecclesiastes. It's a two-week uh, series. We, if you haven't listened, we'll uh, post the last one, which just got up uh, this afternoon. So if you want to go back and listen to the one last week this afternoon, uh, I would encourage you uh, to do that. Um, it was, uh, it's an interesting uh, book that I didn't want to spend too long in as we get prepared to get to uh, Philippians. Really, Ecclesiastes is this idea of seeking joy. Where's joy? What's the best way to live life? Where do we find wisdom and freedom and joy? And then we're going to go to Philippians for the next eight weeks and find that our joy is in, in Christ. Uh, so again, the intentionality of the next eight weeks, we're starting groups this week, so get, get plugged into that. I'd like to begin the message this morning, though, by, by reading just the first verse of Ecclesiastes 1. Uh, you can find it, I think it's on page 518 in your pew Bibles, uh, Ecclesiastes. Uh, if, you're, if, you don't, if you're just new to the Bible, there's always a table of contents in the beginning. And I know from Bible drills and sword drills in our past, it makes us feel bad that we need to know it. But it's actually there for you if you need to find Ecclesiastes. Go to the front, there's a table of contents, uh, and you can find it. So if you wouldn't mind, if you would stand as we read God's Word. Ecclesiastes 1 and verse 1. The words of the preacher, which last week we learned is the word Koheleth, preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Uh, last week we looked at the preacher, the words of the preacher that we see all through the 12 uh, chapters as he is doing this purposeful thing of really clearing off the table of everything that won't satisfy uh, last week we looked as the, the preacher reached out his hand to grab things, and everything he grabbed he found was hevel. Uh, it, it's some translations say meaningless. Uh, it, it's, it's this idea of crumbling sand or smoke. You just can't grab it. Everything was hevel. Well, this voice at the beginning of Ecclesiastes also speaks up the very end, and I'd like to read those words as well. So if you flip to the back of Ecclesiastes in the 12th chapter, in verse 9, this person who introduced us to the words of the, the preacher uh, makes this comment at the end. Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 9. Besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight, and uprightly he wrote words of truth. The words of the wise, or the wise ones, are like goads, and like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. My son, beware of anything beyond these. Of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the soul. The end of the matter... All has been heard. Fear God and keep his commands, his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, 
with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Let's stop right there and pray. Lord, as we approach your, your text written so long ago, but written for us today, uh, would you have the Spirit enliven us, that we would recall your words, that it would change us and shape us and challenge us, that we would have eyes to see clearly, that we would uh, be able to silence uh, all the voices of this world to hear your voice, Lord, to hear the words of wisdom that would invite us into relationship with you, that would invite us to let go of everything we uh, strive for, everything we want to find meaning in this life that, that ends up heaven, Lord, would we let all of that go for the surpassing beauty of knowing you, the surpassing worth and value of knowing you. Lord, would, would you allow us to know you this morning? Would you shape our hearts so we wouldn't live here the same? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can go ahead and have a seat. Before we uh, consider the second voice of Ecclesiastes today, the person in introducing us, the words of the preacher, and then commenting on the end, I would actually like to try and arrange a proverb myself this morning. Uh, that's what the, he said the, the preacher did. He arranged many proverbs. Uh, if you remember, we started January out with looking at the book of Proverbs. And if you remember, there's a Hebrew word for, for Proverbs. Does anyone remember that word? It's from January. So the Hebrew word for proverb is mashal, mashal. Do you remember that? If you were around here in January, hopefully you do remember. Grandma's shawl, right? Put grandma's shawl on. Mashal, it actually, the word we translate as proverb, is really this laying uh, beside of something. It's laying aside two things so that we can compare and contrast. It's not like um, a mashal doesn't give you the answer. It leads you to understanding the right thing to do and, and gaining some wisdom. Uh, proverbs. Laying beside of two things that leads us to wisdom. So, so I want to lay uh, before you uh, a proverb this morning that will go right along with the message. Uh, there was a village in Paraguay who had this horrible problem uh, because they would collect food and raise food, grow food, and bring it in and try and store it. But they had these rascally little monkeys that would come into the village uh, every night and steal all their food. So it didn't matter how much they closed it and locked it off, and they even set up guards. Everything they could do to keep these monkeys from getting in and stealing their food uh, in the village. And they just kept coming back and, and doing it. Until one person found uh, like a, a way that they can actually trap them and, and uh, get these monkeys. And so what they did is they took these coconuts and they hollowed them out and they put a little food inside uh, the coconut. Now the hole in the coconut or, or the jar or whatever was just big enough that the monkey could put their hand through the hole. But as soon as they grabbed the food, uh, they would make a fist and they couldn't get their, their hand out of the coconut or the, or the jar. And the monkey would sit there trying, trying, trying until the people could come along and actually uh, capture them. They put little, um, there's some videos on the internet if you want to watch, uh, put little leashes on them and then uh, take them off to do whatever they did with them at that point. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they did with them actually. But they would, uh, those, those monkeys uh, would put their hands in, grab that food, and all they had to do to get their freedom was just let go and they could put their hand back out. But these monkeys were so like 
taken with whatever was in the coconut, whatever was in this jar, the, the food that they, that they wanted so bad that they would not let go. And it would actually cost them their freedom uh, in, in their life. And all they had to do was, was let go. Now, in the same way that those monkeys just needed to open their hands and they would have a freedom, today we're going to see that joy in life can never be achieved. It can never be grabbed hold of. It can actually only be received from the Lord with an open hand. You can't control it. You can't grab it. You can only receive it. Because everything we saw last week, everything that you grab, that you're trying to achieve, that you're trying to control, it actually just crumbles and we keep our fist, keep trying to grab it and, it, and we just get caught. It, it takes our, our own lives and, and our freedom away. And all we really need to do is let go so we can receive good gifts that we have from Jesus. Now, right away, if you're listening and you're following along, you might be struggling going, okay, what, what's, this really, what's this really mean then? Uh, are we just supposed to like sit there and not do anything? Are we just supposed to sit there and like just wait for the Lord's blessing? To re- like, do we have any part in seeking joy in this life under the sun? Well, this brings us back to Ecclesiastes as we're going to hear this second voice. And this second voice, who has studied and meditated and contemplated the words of the wise, has concluded, it's nothing you can achieve, it's only what you receive. And what you receive makes all the difference. There's someone who is introduced to us, so we don't know who it is, has meditated and considered the words of the preacher, the, the instructions. Uh, he's like, just shoot on them all the time. And at the end, he says, I found the key to wisdom and joy in life, and he wants to share it with us. So today, we're going to look at three keys to finding joy in life under the sun. Three keys uh, that the second voice is going, hey, look, I've studied it all. Here's the end of the matter. I, I want to I give you this. Three keys to finding joy. So if you're taking notes, here's the first one. You can write this down. Just simply open your hands. Be willing to receive. Look at Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 9. It says, Besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs, mashal, with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight, and uprightly he wrote words of truth. The words of the wise, or the wise ones, are like goads, and like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. So, so as this voice comes along, it's not only just like a summary or conclusion of the book of Ecclesiastes. It's like he's, he's, uh, he's tipping his hat or telling us, look, I studied the Proverbs. I, I've looked in all these words of the wise. That's in the plural. All, all these words of, uh, uh, of Job, of Psalms, of, of the words that are collected for God's people. He said, I've studied them all. And I'm summarizing wisdom literature, basically. So this is a good uh, sermon for the end of our wisdom uh, sermon series this last year. He, he studied them all, the words of the wise one, uh, and he says they all come from one shepherd. Lots of voices, but one shepherd. And by saying that, he's actually meaning it, these all come from the Lord. Uh, Psalms 80 in verse 1 says this, Give ear, O shepherd of Israel. You who lead Joseph like a flock, you who are enthroned upon the cherubim, shine forth. Both here and lots of other references reference the Lord as our shepherd. He, 
He has looked at all this wisdom literature. He's heard from all these collected uh, wise people. And he says, man, they've all been given wisdom by the Lord. They've received something from from the the shepherd, the great shepherd. So he he sees this, and he sees this in in the words of the preacher as well. That all good gifts come from above, coming down from the Father of lights. The teacher, or the, the, the preacher, has impacted this commentator's perspective on finding joy. He says, you find joy with opening your hands. Look at Ecclesiastes 2 and verse 24. The preacher is going along saying, hevel, 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 and interrupts at certain points this like odd uh, thing that almost seems opposite of what he just he said. He says, reach out to grab career and work. It's hevel. It's nothing. And then he says, Ecclesiastes 2 and verse 24, there is nothing better for a person that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also I saw is from the hand of God. For apart from him, who can eat and who can have enjoyment? He says, all work, everything you reach out to grab that you can achieve, it just turns to, to hevel. And then he turns and goes, so eat, enjoy, because this is all from the hand of the Lord. Because his perspective, he understands this is a gift from God just to be enjoyed. Apart from him, apart from the Lord, who can find enjoyment? You see, the commentator, this, this author, says it is, it would, he would say to us today, it's not about your job. That's not where you'll find joy. It's not about your success that you achieve. It's not about whether your boss is good or, not, or like mean. All that stuff is out there, but what? it's all going to crumble in the end. When we grasp for control, when we grasp to like achieve something, you actually get stuck just like that monkey. You know, it's not the uh, school. For some of you, it might not be enjoyable. Uh, you might have hard teachers. But if you want to find joy in going to school, it's about your relationship with the Lord. It's about who is going with you. It's about your perspective that you have. You can get through really tough classes with really hard teachers if you just stop trying to fix it or control it and go, Lord, you've given me this. May I find joy in it today. One chapter later, in Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 12, he says this again, I, I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is, a, is God's gift to man. He's saying, it, it's all hevel. Everything is hevel. So, so stop trying to grasp it and achieve it. Open your hands and just enjoy Relax. You can be free. I think the way to do that really is through humility and repentance, going, I I, I can't achieve it. I can't control it. I can't work hard enough uh, for it to just go, okay, Lord, then what would you have to give me today and receive from the Lord? He says the words of the preacher are, are, are like goads. Now, we don't use really goads. We kind of do. They're little sharp sticks that poke at animals to move them uh, along. But as we read through Proverbs, even last week, you're like, man, it seems like, it sure seems like he's goading us to depression. Like, he's taking everything off the table. But that's not where the preacher's leading us. Or any of the 
the words of the wise. They, they're challenging us and moving us like sharp sticks, not to depression, but to joy. To remove all the things that we grab onto that, that capture our life. And at the end, you see even the preacher goes, I, so what, the end of it all, I commend to you joy. Be joyful. Be happy. Look at Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 8 and verse 15. He says, and I commend joy, for man has nothing better under the sun than to eat and drink and be joyful. For this will go with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. The, the preacher concludes, hey, life, life's a gift from God to you. There might be some, some hard times, and you might be going through some struggles right now, but if you just would relax your hand and receive the joy and enjoy where God has put you today. All the struggles, all the celebrations, the birthdays, the funerals, the building homes, the moving from homes, the building up, the tearing down, the coming together, the planting, the reaping, they're all, the preacher says, are beautiful times the Lord has given to you but not for you to grab hold of and like, this is the answer, this is it, but just for you to enjoy as gifts from the Lord. So joy then starts with receiving and recognizing their God's gifts so that we respond with a heart of thanksgiving. Finding joy starts with the heart of thanksgiving, receiving gifts from God. Instead of trying to grab for that next car that's going to make you happy, and finally you're going to drive what you want to drive. Uh, just for a moment, let go and appreciate the car God's given you. Roll those windows down. If you don't have AC, you have to do it sometimes. Put the music on and just, man, Lord, thanks for providing this for me today. Instead of trying to grab control of your kids to try and fix them, or your friends, or your spouse, or anyone in your life so you can control and fix. Rather than doing that, just open up, go, Lord, you've placed him in my life. Would, would you give me joy in this relationship? And you might think, yeah, but they're pretty messed up. And I would just, rem I would just remind you, yeah, you are too. So stop trying to fix people and see them as a gift from God that you can just enjoy. Instead of trying to grab that next thing, whatever it is, education, parenting, work, uh, finally retirement, getting rid, of, getting rid of work, whatever it is, instead of trying to grab it and control it, it's going to end up in, as hevel anyway. Just open your hands and be thankful for what God's given you today. You know, it's almost like uh, we're all back in the Garden of Eden, where God's like, look at all this stuff I have for you, all of it for you to enjoy. And we go, yeah, but what about that? I want to grab that. And we grab it, and it turns to hevel, and we don't want to let go, and we get stuck. Just like the monkey. And it takes our, our lives away. And if we would just let go and take and receive what the Lord has given us, we would begin to find joy in life. But we're not just supposed to sit back. The, so this commentator isn't like, just enjoy and just sit there and do nothing. No, he's like, end of all matter. I, I've, I've seen it all, and I, there's stuff you need to do as you seek joy. God's given you, uh, he's given you all this stuff, but there's a responsibility you have for, for joy. 
you know, he's done reading everything and meditating on it and, and putting it all to memory and haggaiing, chewing on all these words of wisdom. And he comes down, he says, it's actually very simple. Uh, verse 13. It says, the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments. Fear God, keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Leave the, leave the results to the Lord and just do these two things. He's considered all of Ecclesiastes and Proverbs, and it comes down to two things. And I, I think you would see these in, uh, in Proverbs and Job as, as well. The first thing we do, we open our hands to receive from the Lord. And the next thing he says, fear God. Fear God. Or let me just uh, summarize that by saying lean in. Lean in to trust the Lord. Uh, we looked this year at Proverbs and what the fear of the Lord is, and I've uh, given lots of examples uh, through the years. Uh, Proverbs says the beginning of wisdom is the, the fear of God. Uh, so so there's, there's something about this fear of God that uh, leads us to finding joy and finding uh, wisdom. Now, this fear, we can often think of this fear in terms of like trembling or being really afraid, like you find a, a spider or a snake and you're really afraid, so you actually lean out from them because of the consequences or, or what's going to come in the end. So we fear by leaning out, or we can actually fear something by being so of awe of it, like the beauty of a, a sunset, that we just stop and we lean in and, and take it in, to lean in or to lean out is really the two ideas of fear of the Lord. But if we want to find joy, we'll fear the Lord by leaning in and not out, by trusting the Lord. Let me just give you one example of this as well. Israel has been slaves in Egypt. Uh, they are uh, set three, free through the blood of the Lamb, uh, set free through the waters uh, and to the mountain. God's going to make them a holy nation, a, a kingdom of priests. Uh, they've got a great future uh, ahead of them. Uh, Moses talks to God on the mountain and then uh, comes down the mountain and tells the people, look, God wants a relationship with you, all of us. And he has a purpose and a plan for us. Would you get ready to come? And then the Lord speaks to them. And after the Lord speaks to them, the people go, uh, no, we're, we're going to lean out. Uh, you go and tell us what we should do and we'll come back and, uh, and do it. We'll do our best, which they do a horrible job at. Uh, but Moses, you go, and so Moses leans in, and the people lean out. Let, let me just uh, read a short bit of that. Exodus 20 and verse 18. It says, Now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning on Mount Sinai, and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled, and they stood far off. And, Moses, and, and said to Moses, You speak to us, and we'll listen. But do not let God speak to us, lest we die. Moses said to the people, do not fear, don't lean out, for God has come to test you that the fear of him may be before you. Don't fear because God wants you to have fear. Really, don't lean out. God's come to test you so that you would, that the fear, you would draw into the awesomeness of God, that you may not sin. Well, the people, they stood far off while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. Uh, to lean in or to lean out this fear of God, to find joy if you lean out 
from the Lord, you won't find it there on your own and in your own strength. But if you lean in and trust the Lord, you'll find joy. See, our relationship with the Lord determines your posture to the Lord. Uh, you can almost think of it like uh, you've all been on a playground where uh, a kid gets afraid or maybe he's getting bullied or something, and the first place he runs is to his parents because he knows his parents are strong and will protect him. And so he runs uh, for, uh, away from that thing to something that he thinks is stronger and, and bigger. But you've also seen kids, at least I've seen kids, who do something naughty, and instead of running to the parents, they run away from the parents. The, the very ones that are there to protect them and to, and to help them out, they actually run away from because they know there's great power there. But they, but they think, oh, I'm going to get in trouble or something. Uh, this idea of the fear of the Lord is going, there's only one person who, who, can, who can free us from our sin, who, who can free us from captivity, the addictions that we have. There's only one person who can actually give us purpose and meaning in life. And he's big and he's strong. And so we either go, I'll try and take care of it myself, or we lean in to the Lord. And if we want to find joy, the, the voice of Ecclesiastes at the end says you need to lean, lean in. You want to find joy, trust in the Lord. Lean in to him. Well, here's the third key. If we have open hands, we lean in, and the third one is obey his commandments. Obey his commandments. This idea of acting and responding, taking a next step in obedience. So, so to trust, to lean in, and then to take the next step in obedience. So some action to follow the Lord's uh, commandments. It's like the old children's song. Do you remember it? Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. It's this simple, I'm leaning in and I'm taking the next step. I'm going to do the right thing no matter what else is out there. Uh, we, we often, we often like rely on our own uh, knowledge or experience and go, I think this is the best decision. No matter what God's words say, I think I'm looking for joy and meaning, so I'm going to step forward in this. And when we do that, it just crumbles. We've all experienced that in life. Like, I think this is the best decision despite what God's word might say. And then we get to the end and we like, oh, it just crumbles. You see it in the news all the time of people going, I'm going after this one thing and it crumbles and they're left with hevel. So the writer goes, just trust him and step forward by doing the right thing, what God's asking you to do, and leave the circumstances, the, the, the outcome to, to him. And yet, the whole time we do that, there's these voices screaming at us all along the way. Just take the fruit. It's what you really want. It's what you think will satisfy. Just reach out your hand and, and grab it. When we need to know the words of God and go, I'm going to trust him and I'm going to obey him. And I'm just going to take the next step. Trusting that that will lead to actually to, to joy in life if you trust and obey. Proverbs 3.5 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Lean in and walk towards the Lord. Do the right 
thing. Lean in and take the next steps of obedience, which actually means you need to know what God's word says. So we should be people that are just immersed in God's word so that when the craziness of this world and all these things that we should or shouldn't do, we can go back to God's word and say, what does God's word say? I'm going to trust it and I'm going to obey and take the next step. See, the joy is not found in achieving anything, but actually receiving the gift from the Lord. You know, we're not sure who this second voice is. Um, the, the voice that is introduced, uh, the preacher, and then also at the end going, look, I've studied and weighed all this stuff. Uh, they're all from one shepherd. And here's the conclusion that I have. We don't know, we don't know who studied the words otherwise. We're not quite sure who found these keys to the joy. Uh, but I like to imagine what he looks like. I like to imagine him as this old man or woman that just has joy on their face and going, I strive for years, but I finally I found it. I meditated on the words of the wise from the Lord, and, I, and I, I know now the keys to finding joy. It would be the kind of person that you see in on your, on your way during the day and want to ask him, Can you, what is it? What's the secret? How, how, did you, how did you get to this place where you have such peace and joy in your life? And a person like that, I can't help but imagine, would go, let's go for a walk. I'll, I'll just share with you some perspectives that I've had along my life that have gotten him to the point where the smile on his face is just evidenced by the wrinkles around his eye. And as you walk along, you, it might even take long. Just give me the answer. And he's like, just, just walk with me. And he stops at a grain field with the harvest of all the grain blowing in the wind, and he just stops there. And he says, you know what? The farmer who's enjoying the, the harvest of all that at one point had to let go of the grain. He had to give it over to the ground, and then he waited as the Lord sent rain and caused the growth. He had to let go of control, and now look at him experiencing this harvest. And then I, I just imagine him bringing me through the little village to a little, uh, a little house, and inside he pointing out, see that family in there? Enjoying this meal together. They're not masters of their own fate. They haven't controlled everything to get to this point. They're simply enjoying the blessing that God has given them. And I imagine that this older man or woman would bring us finally to a, a place where uh, everyone has gathered like this, where there would be singing, uh, thanksgiving, and he would say, this is the place here. Right, right here in this group of people is the place where you can lay your burdens down, where you can stop striving and achieving and reaching out for that next thing and simply unload your burdens and open your hands and receive the grace and forgiveness of God. To, to let go of your fist and to open up in praise and find freedom. That you belong here, that you, you've been given all these gifts of life to, to praise. Can you imagine what it would be like to live in a village like that? 
I mean, can you even just imagine the joy of the people's faces as they uh, offer you to come in and sit at my table? You belong here. People that find joy each day by opening up their hands to the Lord, leaning into Him, trusting Him, and responding with action. That would be a village I'd love to live in. I'm sure you would too. But you know, we as a community of Jesus followers, we can actually represent that, reflect that kind of village to the world around us. Not, not that everything will be easy and that it will all go through it and everything is just this plastered smile, but this deep joy of knowing I've been forgiven and set free. The things that God has put in your life are not by accident. He hasn't forgotten about you. He hasn't lost control. He's placed them there as gifts for you. If we could just find enjoyment in them. So uh, we're going to ask the worship team to come back up in just a minute. Um, I'd like to pray. And as we enter this next time of, of worship, and then we'll come to the communion table, uh, this is, a, this is a, great, a great time to release the burden. If there's something you're so striving for and you're trying to fix and you just want to control that thing, now's the time to just go, Lord, it's yours. What, what would you have for me? To, to let go. Maybe it's a sin that you've been holding on to that you just need to go, Lord, I'm leaning into you. Would you forgive me of that and receive the grace and forgiveness that he can offer through the death and resurrection of his son? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the words of this wise person who has studied your words from your mouth, the gifts that you have given and concluded uh, Lord, there's a great way to live this life in relationship with you, holding tight to you, knowing you and responding in obedience to what you've asked us to do, that we would find joy in this life. So Lord, I pray that even these next few moments as we respond uh, to you in our own hearts, that uh, we would slowly be opening up our hands to situations that we may not be able to control to deep hurts and pains, to sin in our own lives, that we would open those up and lay them at the, the foot of the cross and receive your forgiveness and joy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us for this message from Hollyview Church. We invite you to join us in person for our worship service every Sunday morning at 1030. You can find us on Southeast 257th Avenue, just off of Highway 212, between Boring and Damascus, Oregon, or find us online at hollyviewchurch.com. Together, we are being shaped by the gospel, rooted in God's word to share God's grace and truth. Again, whether online or in person, thank you for joining us here at Hollyview Church.